my friend, Preacher John here in Superior, Colorado. Just a moment ago, lifted my banner. And uh, I like to do, sometimes I like to lift the banner when I get to my corner. I just uh, never know what I'm gonna do. I have, I have a routine and uh, you know, you do something for thousands of hours, you have a routine. And uh, so part of my routine oftentimes is, uh, is to uh, lift the banner just for a moment or two, then I lay it down, then I get ready to do the uh, scripture short and then the uh, street sermon for the day. And uh, this is where I'm at. This is my corner or every place. I always come to this location here in Superior, Colorado. Uh, this is the next city outside of Boulder, headed towards Denver, okay? So, uh, beautiful day today. Cool air temperature and a hot sun. That's, that's the mountain country. <laughs> We're over a thousand or over a mile above sea level, so it's a pretty interesting place to live. Anyways, let me put this down, and as I said, I'll get ready for a sermon today. channel welcome to uh you coming in okay i don't know welcome to uh superior colorado welcome to a beautiful day here in uh november <laughs> november kind of an interesting month for me because november the 11th month uh for some reason the number 11 has been a big deal in my life i don't know why i'm not into that kind of thing but it just piques my curiosity and uh one of the things in November is uh, now I am an official 70-year-old. I think that's kind of interesting. I'm no longer getting in my brain. I started the first of the year, 2023. I was born in 53, and this is 23. So I kept telling myself all year long, this is the year I turned 70. I'm 70. I turned 70 this year. This is the year I turned 70. And uh, getting myself ready psychologically for that big number for me personally, uh, maybe that's not a big deal. I, obviously, I found out that that's not a big deal to most people because uh, I haven't had anybody yet that made any kind of a big deal the number 70 that I thought was uh, of any, you know, but they did wish me a happy birthday. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> that's kind of cool. But uh, 70, uh, because most aren't truck drivers. Uh, nobody that I know watch my channel that I'm aware of is a long-haul truck driver that lives on the highway pushing the rig up and down the highway. I don't know, because uh, if you did, you would say, man, a long haul trucker of 40 years, well over 3 million miles behind the wheel, crisscrossing America all of his life, he's pretty lucky to be 70. That's what somebody could say. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I don't believe in the word luck. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm happy that I'm here. I'm happy that I made it to my 70th year. I hope to see another 10 years. The Bible's very clear that man is, God's given us uh, three score and 10. That's two, four, that's 60, plus 10 is 70. 
but by the reason of strength, another 10 years or 80, four score, 80 years old. And, uh, and so many people die in their 80s, right? It's in the Bible, okay? So if you know that, if you know that if you stay strong all your life and you take care of your health, uh, your physical body, you can reach into your 80s, right? The 80, the eight, the four score decade, the 80 decade. Uh, most of my family members all died in their 80s. I have a couple who died in their 90s. Uh, my grandmother died at 98. And uh, so I have probably two or three, four relatives who died in the 90s that I'm aware of, I think. <laughs> and uh, so if you know that, if you know, uh, pretty sure, I mean, I'm talking about those who are abusing their body. A lot of people in America abuse their body. All you gotta do is look around America and you see most people abuse and destroy their body. Uh, but there's a great portion of us also that take care of our body. I take care of mine. When I'm on the road trucking all those decades, I didn't eat a bunch of garbage all the time. I kept, I protected my ears, I protected my eyes, I protected my back and my legs. I protected myself so I can last and endure to the end. I don't want to, because this body is no longer mine. I gave it to God 20, when I was 20 years old. So it's no longer my own. And uh, so if you know that you can, you have an opportunity to reach into your seventh decade and possibly your eighth decade, then you can plan. You can plan. That's what I've done all my life, plan. And not everything works out to plan. Not all your goals and dreams and visions come true, but if you don't, plan, you don't schedule, you don't work towards those goals and dreams and visions that God's given you, you won't have anything. Sorry, because in going after those things that God's put in your life, He uses that as tools in your life to grow you, to get into the Word of God, to build things like this True Study book. I mean, if I hadn't have done a lot of the things that God has showed me to do and given me visions of writing, I'm a D minus F student in English. I flunked every test, every quiz, everything I ever wrote was always marked up in red and always had a big F at the top all the time, every year, every time. And the only reason I've graduated with a D minus in English is because I did the work, I showed up, and I was attentive, and I did my best. But my best wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough, but it was good enough for the teacher to pass me, right? Because your work has value. Maybe you're not smart enough like I'm not. I'm very low IQ, have a lot of mental problems uh, based on my uh, health issue that almost killed me when I was in third grade, and I've suffered all the way through all my life. So to write something is a miracle to me because I went for a goal, went for a dream. I've learned to talk. I've learned to write. I've learned to do a lot of things and do this sermon right now. I've learned that because I went after the goal or the vision, the dream that God's placed upon my heart. Not a worldly dream, not the dream that my mom and dad had for me, none of that stuff. I look to God, God, God is everything. God is the maker of me and you and everything that you see, everything that you cannot see. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. So this is a miracle. And this is our True Study, this little commercial here. So this is our GC True Study, Gospel Evangelist Church produces this. Our True Study is the first book of eight books. That are, and I've already written four of them. 
I'm also writing a lot of other things. I write a Sunday prayer letter, a letter that goes out every single Sunday, and that letter alone has over 1,500 words. 1,500 to 2,000 words is my average. Probably averaging about 1,700 words per letter. That's a lot of writing. Now, there's some copy and paste in there, obviously. But to put the thing together and make it sound somewhat coherent and sound like I know what I'm saying takes a miracle from God, not from me, like I said. And so people who struggle in life, God can still use you. God wants to use you. God desires to use you in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so this tool here helps you. This tool helps you. We have a class. How was I supposed to know how to do a class? I had no clue. But I had a dream, a vision of doing an online class. I've had that vision probably for six, seven, eight years, nine years, I don't know, ten years. Very long time. And I've tried different ways and I've nothing made any sense to me. But I was learning and I was growing in the Lord as I was going towards that vision that God had for me to do an online class. Now I've done physical face-to-face -face classes for many years. But that's a lot different than doing an online in front of the camera type of message. Because you have to speak different, you have to act different. There's just a lot of different things going on. Because you cannot see the people that are reacting to you. And it's difficult. It's difficult. It's this, to me, it's more scarier to do this. Like every single class, I've done 54 now, 55 classes, whatever it is. Every single class, when I take my shirt off after I do the class, I am perspiring, sweating like crazy because I'm scared. But you don't see that. My body is so nervous, I don't perspire. I'm just one of those guys who don't sweat. I, I don't know why, it just that's how the body's built, my body. And But after I, my class, my underarms are pouring wet. My shirt is, I am soaked in a sense because I'm scared, I'm afraid, I'm nervous. But guess what? I push through it anyways because when you push through opposition and struggle, it makes you stronger, mightier for God, not for yourself. That's why having a dream and a vision and a goal, a destiny, a plan, a schedule, a calendar, however you want to look at it, and going after that thing, it teaches you so many, many, many things. God told Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk, in chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, it says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that anybody who reads the vision can run with it. Yeah, run with it. You want to be able to be that way, you can run. You can watch this one single video here, and you can run with this. You can do something with it. Because I'm edifying you that you can do it. I'm exhorting you by using Scripture. I'm giving you comfort that if I can do it, and I am doing it, that you too can do it. And the reason I say it that way is because I was and was a failure in everything I've ever done. I have always been a failure in everything. I have lost, lost, failed, but I've never stopped pushing forward because in all those multitudes and multitudes of failures all my life I have learned to keep after it to keep after it and keep the hands on the plow and keep moving and in that keeping moving I'm here today doing this sermon at 70 years old writing books doing classes doing sermons that's amazing to me so we have 65 classes here 
So I encourage you to join us in the class every Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, five classes a week, 7 a.m. in the morning, mountain time, boulder time, to eight o'clock, one hour. We set that hour aside to hear from the Lord and to instruct ourselves in how to follow and use this true study book. Because the class is not a Bible study, it is a orientation type class to help us learn how to put the tools that God has given us into action in our ministry. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can come to the street and you give us a word of exhortation. We give us a word of edification. You give us a word of comfort that we can speak to the people. All of us as ministers, Lord, I'm praying that more and more and more and more and more ministers come to our channel here and that they are encouraged. Maybe those ministers who have fallen away. Maybe those ministers quit the ministry. Maybe those ministers who Satan has got to them. Maybe those ministers who have just struggled all their life. Lord, I'm praying that all these ministers will come and be strengthened in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Have power and authority to go fresh out in the world and preach the word that God has placed on their heart. God has written on their heart. God has called them to do. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we praise you, Lord, for all the ministers. We thank you, Lord. We call the ministers forth in your holy name, Jesus. In your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, so we'll get into our sermon now. See how we, we kind of have a progression, right? Pretty interesting how the Lord does it. So this is our Sunday prayer. We preach from our Sunday prayer letter that comes out by our church every, uh, every Sunday. We have a letter. It comes out, and that letter is like a big church bulletin. It's a great big expanded church bulletin, so to speak. And so I encourage everyone uh, who's listening here to get on the email list. I mean, what's, why not? Everyone has an email address. I don't know of anyone who does not. You can't even go down and get your utilities without an email address. You can't go to the bank without an email address. Everyone's watching. Got over 675 subscribers here. I should have 675 email addresses on our website. But I've got 35, 33, 34. What's that all about? I ask and I ask and I ask and I ask. Why do I ask that? Is it for my benefit? Are people scared that if I get on his email list, he'll be begging me for money? He'll be using me for spam? He'll, I mean, are you serious? Really? You've been watching me for hundreds of hours and you really still think that way? Well, oh well. You know, I'm not going to be doing that. But what that does is it puts you on my prayer list. Now, you're already on my prayer list. If you're watching here, I pray for every viewer, even if they never comment, they never do any interaction at all with the video, I'm still praying for you. Because on the back office of YouTube, it tells me how many people view the videos and how many on a 28-day period and how many hours and all that kind of stuff. They give you all kinds of statistics and numbers, analytics. Most of them I don't understand. <laughs> But some of them are kind of interesting. I don't know what to do with it, so I just I just think it's interesting to look at it. And uh, I don't do anything in the video that that most do. Uh, I don't write titles that are SEO approved, search engine optimized. I don't optimize the video. I don't make it like anybody tells me to make it. I make it the way the Holy Ghost has told me to make these sermons and these videos. See. Like when I click the video on, everything stays on the show, stays on the video, stays on the sermon. I don't chop it up and delete this out and delete that, put it all together and make it some kind of a perfect, pristinely sounding preacher. No, I don't do that. 
sorry. What you, you hear all the problems and all the misspeak and all the different problems I have, it all comes out, it's all in the video. It's really amazing. So this Sunday prayer letter, which all of you should be on, go to preacherjohn.ck.page or you can go to my johnshucks.com, John, last name, French name, Belgium, Belgium French, French Belgium name. And it means to shock, to shock, like electrical shock. And that is C-H-O-Q-U-E. I'll put that in the video if I can, if I remember, or whatever. All right, and so this one here is November 5th, Sunday prayer letters. Title, Let Us Not Fight Against God, is Acts 23, verses 1 through 35. We're in the theme this whole year. We've been in the theme called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship. All right, we've seen signs. We've seen miracles. No doubt about that. My, my, man, I've seen some wonderful miracles. I've seen wonders that are unexplainable. We've had praise and we've had worship, but not, we've had consistent science, consistent wonders, consistent miracles, but we have not had consistent present worship and praise, praise and worship. And that, that's what I'm looking for. But we've had, had it this year uh, in our church, and, uh, but we're praying for that to come in and we're gonna keep standing strong. We're not gonna quit on God. God's not gonna quit on us because why would he? There's no reason other than some other things that you can do to really make God mad, which is sin. You don't want to be a sinner. You don't want to sin. You don't want to live in the world. You don't want to live in adultery. You don't want to live in uh, gambling and drunkenness. You don't want to live in pornography or drugs. You don't want to live in all the things that destroy you and your life. The wages of sin is death. That's period. That's it. Just because you got saved doesn't mean all oh, that doesn't mean anything anymore. It means something. Kidding you? The reward, the payment. The wages of sin is death. You live in sin all your life, you're going to die. I don't care if you knew Jesus or not. Jesus is going to blot your name out, and he's going to say, Sorry, man, I never knew you. Right? Sorry, I didn't know you. I don't know who you are. You didn't serve me any minute of your day. You, you called out to me, and I saved you, and you got excited for a little bit. You had the joy of the Lord, but then you quit. You quit. You quit on me. You quit on yourself, you quit on your family, you quit on your church, you quit on your ministry, and you went back into the world and started serving Satan. And you never repented. You died in that sin. You never repented. I blotted your name out. Sorry. That's how it is. A lot of Christians think they can sin all their life. They think they can do whatever they want, and God's still going to love them. God still loves you, and He's praying for you. He's praying for you. Praying for you a lot. Praying for you, man. So get out of sin. Stop it. Right? And why why would I say that? I mean, listen, why would I say that? It's because God is our Father, which is in heaven. And most parents, not every parent, because there are some bad parents, but most parents want the best for their children. Even their adopted children, or their foster children, or children that they're taking care of or serving. Or, I mean, people just want good for their children. That's just a natural built within us because it comes from the Father. The Father desires good things in your life, not destruction in your life. And sin is doing something God told you not to do. The reason He told you not to do it is because that that He told you not to do will destroy you. That's all. That's, that's the simplistic answer to what sin is. That's why you don't want to do something that's going to hurt you. That's why I talked about in the first part of the video. 
You want to last. You want to endure all the way to the end. Right? Lots of Bible verses on that. All right? So signs, wonders, miracles, praise and worship. The preaching of the Word of God produces signs following. That's what Jesus said that. You go and preach the Word of God, these signs will follow those who believe. And he lines out a bunch of different uh, signs. And there's many more in the Bible. All kinds of signs that follow the preaching of the Word of God. From Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's amazing. God is watching over His Word. God loves His Word. God has exalted His Word above all His name. Right? Psalm 138, verse 2. God loves His Word. Every author loves His Word. I guess you could, I don't know, can I say it that way? Um, that sounds kind of weird to say it that way. But I'm referring to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who wrote the book. This is his book. In our letter, we have it broken down into seven sections, seven parts, in a sense. And uh, each part is for each day of the week. Like this is part five for Thursday. Part one comes on Sunday. The first day of the week is part one, right? The last day of the week, the Sabbath, is part seven, right? So part five Thursday is Acts 23, verses 22 to 30. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Sorry. How about that? I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I, I'm so fired up I can hardly stand it. I almost missed class this morning. The teacher overslept. <laughs> I worked, like I, said, I started working at about 5 o'clock in the morning. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So uh, that's seven plus uh, 12, that's 19 hour a day. So I worked 19 hours yesterday and I overslept, sorry. <laughs> I only got six hours of sleep and I overslept. <laughs> you put 19 hours of work in and you may oversleep also. <laughs> but uh, I was, still got to class on time, praise God. Been moving by peace all day long. It's been an absolute breathtaking day in the peace of God. Because normally I spend a great portion of my mornings in prayer before the Lord. But I didn't have any time this morning. I just prayed as I was getting ready. As I was getting ready for the class and getting myself together. I was just praying while I was working, getting ready. And God just gave me peace. I mean, it's amazing. Amazing. All right? Amazing. We have an amazing God. Hallelujah, Lord. We have an amazing God. We thank you, Lord, for being so amazing to us and loving us as you do. All right, so let's go back in here. Verse 22 in Acts chapter 23, the King James. So the chief captain then let the young men go, young man go, right, and charged him, see thou tell no man that thou hast showed these things to me. Remember, we're, we're, just, we're reading throughout the entire uh, book of Acts, and this week is Acts chapter 23, 23 of 28. And so we don't, we're not, taking things out of context we're just continuing the message so if all you hear is this one sermon you know, well John takes his messages out of context <laughs> now you're out of context you know the context is if you look at the Sunday prayer letter John's in Acts 23 all week long so then you should go to Acts 23 and have read it several times already but today we're gonna hone in on just these verses of Acts 23 so I'm not out of context, it's you are out of context. So don't say that to me. You get it? All right, so verse 23. 
And he called unto him two centurions, saying, Make ready 200 soldiers to go to Caesarea. Oh, that's where Felix is, Caesarea. I made a mistake in church. I thought Felix was in Rome, but Felix is actually in Caesarea. It says right there, Caesarea. All right, to go to Caesarea. And horsemen, threescore and ten. And spearmen, two hundred. At the third hour of the night. So I'm going to stop right there. The third hour of the night is the title of our sermon today. The third hour of the night, in our True Study book, in this book right here, there's a section in it. There's a section in it that you can write the scripture that contains the title of our sermon. That's what I do. Didn't have time this morning because I was late. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just keep on moving, man. I actually got to my corner about 25, 20, 25, 30 minutes early. How did that happen? I don't know. I got here early. Because I started at 11, go to 3, 11 to 3. Uh, if, if I'm able, sometimes I have to knock off early, like yesterday. It was weather was beyond understanding it was crazy make ready the third hour of the night the third hour of the night there's a schedule right there i talked about schedules on the shorts i talked about schedules already a little bit i think i'm always talking about a calendar a schedule hang on hang on My day pack is around the corner right there. So uh, the Holy Spirit said, get your calendar back out. I always bring this calendar out because uh, we're talking about schedules. So in my calendar, I have a pocket calendar. Been keeping the, I've been keeping a pocket calendar since probably about 19, uh, I think I've got my first calendar about 1978. I think 1978, I was 25, 25 years old and I bought my first calendar, pocket calendar and I pretty much operated on a pocket calendar since then, since 1978. I mean, there's been a few years here and there that I didn't have one. So, uh, but when I started street preaching, uh, I didn't have a pocket calendar for a little while. Sorry. Uh, and so the Lord had me get a pocket calendar. And the reason he had me get a calendar, which I didn't know why, why would I, I don't know why, what am I gonna put in my calendar? Well, I didn't realize that God was gonna schedule out my schedule, like here's August right here, I start in January. Like right here, here's, a, here's my goals right here, my vision and my goals. I, I talked about that earlier. I, have, I want to put for 2024. I, oh, that's 24. Sorry, I have 23 here somewhere. Anyways, that's 24. I've already written my goals and my objectives for next year. I usually start that in August. I pray through August, September. By sometime in September, uh, God has given me what I need to be praying for and believing to receive come the following year. And... Uh, I'll just tell you right now, I'll just say it up front. So 2024, I'll just tell you this. Uh, I plan to put a thousand hours, that H means hours on the street, holding my banner, preaching on the street, thousand hours on the street. Not a thousand hours riding the bus, thousand hours in class, no. Thousand hours on the street, in front of people. One thousand hours is my objective. I plan to pass out 2,000 gospel tracks. I mean, it says three. This year's 2,000. I wanna bump that up to 3,000 next year conversations I'm hoping to have a thousand conversations throughout the year the poor I plan to give two thousand dollars away on the street here in the throughout next year I also plan to win three thousand souls for the Lord I also plan to touch three million people and we're gonna kind of stop at that three million for a little while but that's where he wants me to go next year and uh, plan to plan to receive over 
Plan to receive $30,000 in donations next year for our budget next, for next year. So uh, what we do in our budgeting and our goals for, our, for raising our donation is we raise the money for this year for next year's budget. So when the next year begins, the money that comes in like next year, all next year, this 30,000 that'll come in all next year, that money's not for that year. We're raising the money this year for next year. We don't operate by the seat of our pants. We, we operate in an annual budget, annual schedule, and uh, we are not, that's why we don't lack in our church. We've been doing this for years and years and years and years. That's how we live, and that's how we run with the Lord. That's how the Lord directed me to do it, and that's how we do it. And, uh, and so we raise the money this year for next year, and that money's coming in, it's right there, we're right at it now. And so the next money coming in from January all the way to December will be the money raised, 30,000, for 2025 budget. How do I know what's gonna do in 25? I don't know. That's just the number the Lord gave me to believe for. Is it gonna be higher or lower? I don't know. How, how am I supposed to know that? I'm not God. But when God gives you a number to believe for, what am I gonna do? How's that gonna happen? I don't, I don't argue with God. I don't question his knowledge. I don't question his wisdom. I don't question his understanding. I just say, yes, sir. Now that's got, that type of obedience has come through years of trials and tribulations. <laughs> I guarantee it. Years of trials and tribulations. I don't know why I'd show that to you, but I just had to show you that because we're talking about this. Years didn't come overnight. It took years and years and actually probably in the decades to get that where I'm that obedient. Do I mess up? Duh, yeah, I'm in a flesh body. I'm gonna mess up. And I mess up, not every day, I don't think, but I mess up quite often. But guess what? The Lord is quick to forgive. If we're quick to ask forgiveness, He's quick to forgive us. That's just the way it is. He's ready and willing to forgive us. If you repent, He'll, he'll let you go immediately. But if you don't repent, He's not gonna let you go automatically. Oh, I'm gonna let him go. No, sorry, you have to repent. You have to turn away from that sin. You have to confess that sin, is, that, that act of sin, and ask God's forgiveness, right? So I says right here, the third hour of the night. That's the scheduled time of departure. And if you go back, it says, it says here, make ready, make ready, make ready. What was this gentleman here that, uh, I thought I had his name here. The guy who was telling the chief captain, I guess it's the chief captain. So yeah, so the chief captain, I don't know if we have a name there for the chief captain, but the chief captain, that chief means he's the top dog. He's the top guy. You know, we serve the, the number one chief, <laughs> Chief Jesus. <laughs> chief Jesus, hallelujah. Chief Captain knew how to schedule. He knew time departures. He knew how to get things done. He knew how many people he needed, how many soldiers he needed. He know, knew how many spearmen he needed. He knew, he knew how many horses he needed. He knew what he needed. And he had centurions that would follow his orders. See? They weren't some centurions that just did whatever they wanted to do. They're faithful to the chief captain. Chief captain delegated to the uh, centurions here to make ready. Guess what the centurions did? They made ready. When God says get ready, what do you do? You go to have lunch and play around? Go to Disney World, go to Disneyland, play around, go surfing, go climb a mountain, go... No, get ready.
Get ready. It says here, make ready. Make ready. I was, I made ready to get to the class. I made ready to get out the door. I made ready to get to the bus. I made ready to get out the bus and walk over here. You know, it's a three or four blocks. City blocks is not too far away. Look where the bus drops you off at, off the, on the highway there. That's Highway 36 to Denver Boulder Turnpike over there. Anyways, make ready. Why, why, why should I make ready? Because in the third hour of the night, we're leaving. Ready or not, we're leaving. Doesn't say the fourth hour, doesn't say the second hour. When are you gonna leave? You wanna leave on schedule. I'm here on schedule. Sometimes we get a little early. Sometimes we live a minute or two late. That happens. You go to the gate at the airport, sometimes the plane is delayed five minutes for whatever reason. Maybe sometimes some of the stewardess don't show up. Sometimes the crew doesn't show up for an hour. Guess what? The plane's not going anywhere without a crew. <laughs> but if the crew was there and the plane was made ready and nobody showed up, maybe one or two, we're taking off. We got a schedule to make. We got to be in Austin, Texas. You know, we've got a, people waiting for our plane down there. So we take off, ready or not. On the third hour of the night, we leave. What time is that? Six, six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Six o'clock is the first hour of the night. 6 p.m., third hour of the night. So this is probably nighttime. This is probably winter, for example, because eight o'clock in the summertime is still daylight, typically, somewhere, I guess. But here, eight o'clock at night, it's night, because it says it's in the nighttime, third hour of the night, but it's nighttime, in the cover of darkness. All right, so operate on a schedule. Where are you gonna be today? Where are you gonna be tomorrow? Where are you gonna be on tomorrow's Friday? Where am I gonna be on Friday? Do it, you know, so I have to get make ready for Friday, because on Friday, I go to Golden, and I have to catch the Golden bus, and the Golden, the bus that goes to Golden leaves at 8.20 in the morning. 8.23 in the morning. And it will leave at 8.23 with or without me. Yeah. So if I show up at 8.25, it will be gone. And there's not another bus all day long. There's only two buses in the morning. That's 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock. Or 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock. Something like that. There's not a 9, 10, or 11. That's the last bus headed for Golden. And then coming home, there are only two buses. One or four, one or five. One or four and one or five. Or maybe it's three and four. No, I think it's four and five. Or something like that. <clears throat> so what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean to me? That means when my class ends at 8 o'clock, I've got to be ready already before the class begins so that all my gear is ready because i got a lot of stuff to get ready. I mean, you'd think it takes no time. I mean, it takes me a probably 30 to 45 minutes to get ready to get all my gear together. And I try to do that at night. So tonight I'll do all that at night, but I still got to get ready, make ready. And I got to make sure I shut that class down right on time and head out the door because it's a 15 minute walk to the bus station. You see, see, see the timing? If the class ends at eight and it's a 15 minute walk, that makes it 8.15. I mean, I may, I mean, what am I going to do? I may have to end the class five minutes early, ten minutes early, which is probably what I'll do. You see how, see how it works? When you have a schedule, then you'll know what to do next. See? And that provides a lot of peace. Like this morning, I got up an hour, 
See, I normally I wake up at 5:30 or 5:40, and I it was 6:20 when I awoke. Like, oh, what day is it? <laughs> yeah, so that's 20, 40 minutes late, 40 minutes behind schedule. But I knew how I had already made myself ready the night before. I made the class ready to go. I was ready to go. So at seven o'clock, when it, it, on the, my uh, live streaming software it says showtime. Showtime, John. Let's get over here. <laughs> so when it said showtime, I click the button and the music comes on. Then I, guess where I am? I'm ready to sit down. How about that? See, because I make ready and then there's a scheduled time, I show up. Am I going to be late or am I going to miss class one day? Probably. I don't know. You know? But we mess up. We make mistakes. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. You cannot live life without missing schedules, without you know, forgetting things without doing things wrong, going to the wrong location, going to the wrong airport, going to the wrong gate. We're all going to miss our plane or our bus or our train one day. I've missed many buses. I've missed, have I ever missed a plane? I've flown a many, probably, probably over a hundred planes I've flown on. I don't think I've ever missed a plane. Have I ever missed a train? I've never missed a train. But I have missed Greyhound buses and city buses. I've missed those. But I've never missed a train. I've never missed, have I ever missed a ship? Never missed a ship. So, you know, but is that possible? Yeah, you bet it is. <laughs> Am I ready for it? Well, yeah, I have to be, you know? Because I'd never know, right? Never know. But operating schedule, it's the third hour of the night. Isn't that a great message? The third hour of the night. You know, and you know exactly what hour that is. It's eight o'clock. Six is number one, seven is number two, eight is number three, right? That's how, that's how the Jewish, you know, I mean, unless I'm wrong, I don't think I'm wrong, could be wrong, but usually 6 p.m. starts the nighttime. 6 a.m. starts the daytime, 6 a.m. That's how you can kind of figure. Uh, when he says the ninth hour of the day, well, the ninth hour would be six, seven, eight, no, no, one, anyways, you can figure it out. Anyway, I'm not gonna go there, I don't, don't need to do that. All right, so in verse 24, and prove them uh, beasts, provide, no, provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe unto Felix, the governor. So Felix is the governor in Caesarea. I don't know where Caesarea is. I didn't look it up on the map. I did once before, a couple times. So, so verse 25, and he wrote a letter after this matter. Wrote a letter. Are you writing letters? You need to write letters. I mean, yeah, I know a lot of times you write uh, uh you know, electronic letters nowadays, but it's nice to write a physical letter, right? <clears throat> and then now, this is the question I have before the Lord. Verse 26 to verse 30. Why did God choose to put this entire letter in the book of Acts? Because it starts off. Here's how it starts off. Claudius Lysias, under the most excellent governor, Felix, Seneth Creed. Oh, that's the name, Claudius. That's the chief captain's name, Claudius. Uh, let's see this. Under the most excellent governor, Felix, sending, sendeth greeting. That's his greeting, right? Verse 27. This man, taken of the Jews, and should have been killed of them, then came I with an army and rescued him, having understood that he was a Roman. And when I would have known the cause, wherefore they accused him, I brought him forth into their council, 
whom I perceive to be accused of questions of their law, but to have nothing laid to his charge worthy of death or of bonds. And when it was told me how that the Jews laid wait for the man, I sent straightway to thee, and gave commandment to his accusers also to say before thee what they had against him. Farewell. Farewell. That's his salutation, Indian salutation. I just think it's interesting why he could have, God just said, uh, uh, the chief captain wrote a letter to go with the centurions for, for Felix. I mean, wouldn't that have been sufficient? Apparently not. God wanted this whole letter in, in this text. I think that's really interesting. Really interesting. I'm checking to see uh, how far we're we supposed to go. Verse 30, yeah, that's the end right there. Farewell. It's interesting, isn't it? To me, I find it, when I say the word interesting, it gets my mind thinking about the Lord and about how God does things. It gets me thinking about other Bible verses. It gets me thinking. And you want to think, right? You want to think. You want to use your mind. God gave us a brain to use in the Word of God, not just our spirit, right? That's why it says to renew our mind. Renew your mind. Renew the mind to the Word of God, to the Word of truth, right? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you gave us this letter in Scripture. I think it's fascinating. Uh, it piques my interest. It makes me think about you for sure. And uh, I don't know, it just provides curiosity to you, Lord. I mean, I just love to see how you do things. I like figuring things out on how, why did you do this and why are you doing that and how you do things. I just love that, Lord. I just love it. And, uh, you know, it's because I'm interested in you, Lord. And, and if I'm interested in you, I'm going to do things like this. If I'm not interested, then I wouldn't, it wouldn't mean nothing to me. But because I'm interested in you, Lord, I, this things like this letter catches my attention. And I just think it's wonderful, Lord. I hope others see it the same way, Lord. And so I just pray, Lord, for everyone here who, uh, who also is uh, looking to you uh, because they love you, they care for you, and they also want to serve you and want to love you and want to demonstrate their love for you. And uh, I thank you, Lord, for touching each person, touching people for heaven. I love that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. All right? So today's Thursday, tomorrow's Friday, right? Be in Golden, Colorado. That's the way over there is the Highway 93. It goes along the base of the Rocky Mountains there. All these are mountains right here. And uh, go all the way down to the city of Golden, Colorado, right? That's the uh, southern end of the cross that lays outside the city limits of Boulder. That's where we're at. That's where Golden is on Friday. On the Fridays, every Friday, I go to the end of the cross that I see that lays over my city of Boulder, Colorado. All right? Have a great day, man. I love you. Take care.